our Bibles to Isaiah chapter 58, verse 11. Isaiah chapter 58, verse 11. Shall we read together? The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. So what an awesome blessing this morning as we read through the book of Isaiah chapter 58 verse 11. Here the prophet says, the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and he shall strengthen your bones and you shall be like a watered garden and a, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Any of you feel here that you want to inherit this blessing this morning? Yes, can I hear an amen? All of you, are you sure you want to inherit these blessings? That's what we are going to talk about in a moment. How do we inherit the blessings the Word of God is talking about? This morning I would like to title my sermon as What we are today is because of what you are. Can you read that with me? What we are, we are telling to God, what we are today is because of what you are. The phrase what we are today is because of what we are expresses our gratitude towards our God. The recognition of his influence and his impact in our lives. Because God is such a great God, because God is a blessing, God is a God who blesses us. We are today what we are because of what you are. That's what we are trying to tell God this morning. The current state of achievements that we gained over a period of time, the current status of us in this nation as we came more, move, moved into this nation is just because of the role of God in our lives. Are you able to acknowledge that this morning? Are you saying that this morning? No, 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 no. It's all because of my strength. It's all because of my wisdom. Are you saying that God, it is all because of your grace? Without you, Lord, I would not have achieved anything. Without you, I cannot be there where I am today. It is all because of you. Amen? You know, sometimes we may not even feel like saying that because you think that there is nothing that has happened in your life. Nothing is going well yet in your life. But this is a truth. The word of God stands as a truth in your life. And he says, the Lord will guide you continually. That means it is ongoing. Continually, that tells me it is ongoing. Are you with me? Amen. And it also tells us that it is not just a one-day affair. It is just a week after weeks, months after months, years after years, until we are alive on the face of this earth. And it also tells me that it's not only in times of sorrow, not only in times of happiness, not only in times of joy, irrespective of what we go through in our lives, this word stands still and it stands alive because it is the word of God. Can you hear an amen? When I look into the book of Psalms, you know, I hear an echo of this scripture in the book of Psalms. I just want to, you know, show that, share that with you. Psalm 18, sorry, Psalm 48, verse 14, if you can come with me. If you can come with me to Psalm 48, verse 14. Can you read with me? For this God, all of you out loud, can you read with me? Look at the screen and read with me, all of you out loud. For this God, our God, forever and ever, he will be our guide 
even treat that. Can you read out loud once again this morning? Can you read together? For this God, our God, forever and ever, He will be our guide even to death. You know, we serve such an awesome God. He is always with us. He is always, you know, ahead of us. And he takes us into the areas where we are supposed to go. And he does that until our death. Until our death. Let's closely have a look at Isaiah 58, verse 11 again. Let's put that in the screen and let's have a close look at it. There are four different things, four or five different things the prophet Isaiah is talking about. That's what we are going to aim this morning, aim at this morning. Isaiah 58, 11, the Lord will, first of all, number one, guide you continually and number two and he will satisfy your soul in drought number three and strengthen your bones and if these three things are happening in our lives there are two remaining things that's going to happen what are those you shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail the lord god has been probably if you can put the next slide the lord god has been our guide and our satisfier and our strength there are three things that god is to us what are those things he's a guide he's a satisfier he's our strength so he guides us continually that's what scripture says and he satisfies can you say that with me guides us continually and satisfies our soul and strengthens our bones there are three things god does you know as he has prophesied through prophet isaiah so number one he says he's a guide a guide is typically a person who takes us into the places that we never had been he helps us to get to find the right direction and to go and reach our destination he is the guide or she's the guide the guide knows the way because the guide had been there already if the guide had not been there already, probably he is not a guide or he's not going to really guide you there. You know, today we see some people coming across and saying that, you know, you need to do this, you need to do that, do that in order to get there. Probably, you know, you need to do, try this out, try this out, go here and go there, meet this person. But then, you know, they don't have any clue what they're talking about because they never had been there in that place yet. Guide is the one he is also willing to help others. Even though he's paid or he's not paid, but still the guide takes us to one place, to another place. He's a guide. And Bible says our God has been our guide as we navigate in this life. You know, this life is not easy. There are many decisions need to be taken in our lives. There are, we meet many junctions in our lives. And in those junctions, in those moments, whether we have taken the right decision to move in the right direction, it really matters. Listen to me carefully this morning. It really matters. Bible says he is a guide. He guides us. He is a guide who comes all the way with us and he's not going to leave us in the middle. He's not going to leave us in the middle. He will come until the age of, until the end of the age, until our death, he is going to guide us. Psalm 48, verse 14, if you can read with me. Psalm 48, verse 14. Bible says, Psalmist says, for this God, can you read with me? As we read again earlier, this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even to death. He will guide you and me even to death. 
In every situation, he does that. If you are willing to follow. You know, when you are guided by somebody, you are expected to follow that person. You can imagine a guide who is guiding somebody and after some time he turns back and see nothing, nobody there. What kind of guide he is? He is guiding whom? You know, sometimes we just leave God in that position. God, when we have troubles, when we have sickness, when we have difficulties, we come to God. God, you guide me. And after some time, God takes you along. God starts guiding you, speaking to you. You come to church regularly. You start worshiping. You start praying. And you start taking fast and waiting upon the Lord. After some time, when the Lord turns back and you're not there, you are no more following God. You just already left it. But this Bible says he's a guide. He guides us until death, until our death, until our death. Some of us are in a very crucial, crucial moment of making decisions in our lives. Maybe you are buying your home or buying a car or you are trying to switch career or you are waiting for your life partner to show up in your life. You need somebody to guide you. We need to take decisions and move forward. You know, decisions are very important. Listen to me this morning. Some of us struggle through our lives because we took a wrong decision somewhere. We were in a junction at some point of time and there were many opportunities, but we chose something in our lives, but that is not according to the will of God. And you struggle and I struggle even today because we took wrong decisions. Sometimes we were in the time, you know, we were asked to meet the girl or the man of our life. And our parents brought that person. And you had made a decision to go for it or not go for it, not to go for it. We experience the joy of it or the pain of it. Amen. We go through many things in our lives because we made certain decisions. To move forward in some point of time in our lives. Bible says very clearly, don't make wrong decisions. You know, we tend to make wrong decisions. You know, we tend to go by the appearance at times. We tend to go by, you know, what, what, what we feel that it is right thing to do. We tend to go by that. But God says, don't make wrong decisions. Trust in the Lord. Lean on Him. And acknowledge him. You know the scripture, right? Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Can you read with me? Proverbs 5, 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Why do you think that the scripture is there in the word of God? The simple reason is, you know, we tend to go by our own desires, our own, our own understanding. We tend to listen to our inner being and say, well, you know, what that is saying, or we open our eyes and see what we see, and just we tend to go by that. But what of God says very clearly, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all your path, and he shall direct your path. Do we allow God to direct our path? Do we allow God in every moment when we are about to make a decision? Bible again says, don't make wrong decision. 
listen to his voice you know it is very important that we need to listen to his voice he is a guide he will take us in the right direction but we need to know where to go we don't see him visually in front of us we need to go by hearing his voice because jesus said my sheep listen hears my voice then only we know where the where the shepherd is the shepherd which direction the shepherd is going and it is our shepherd is going in one direction and the sheep is going another direction the destruction is on our way you know that's what happened in our lives too and god says in isaiah 30 21 he says very clearly listen to this you read with me your ears shall hear a word behind you saying this is the way walk in it whenever you turn to the right and or whenever you turn to the left you know there are junctions in our lives there are two options three options four options eight options there are many options in our lives which direction to go which one to choose and god is telling us this morning don't go wrong don't make mistakes in your life there are certain mistakes when we make in our lives they are irrecoverable mistakes we can never come out of those mistakes so it's very important to hear what hear his voice does god speak god speaks through many means when you ask for it when you look for it otherwise god doesn't speak otherwise god speaks but you don't hear it god speaks always 24 by 7 all 365 days god speaks god speaks and we need to tune our minds and our hearts to listen to god and when you hear god hearing the voice of god behind him behind us in our ears physical ears our inner ears when we hear our voice and we hear this is the way walk in it do you have any witness in this house of hearing god's voice in your life and you made a decision and you move forward secondly he is our satisfier he satisfies our soul in drought soul dissatisfaction doesn't come just easily we try many things in our lives and we get discouraged we give up and eventually it affects our inner being that's where soul dissatisfaction comes we very well see somebody who is satisfied not satisfied outside somebody who is not really satisfied inside in drought he says the scripture says and he satisfies your soul in drought drought simply refers when you look around everything is dry everything is dead and there is no movement at all and bible says in that moment god satisfies you that is what is soul satisfaction it's not just simply getting satisfied with what we have but it is a satisfaction your soul is in need this morning your soul is in need of that satisfaction god there is nothing going well in my life i'm totally discouraged and dissatisfied if that is what you are telling god is speaking to you there are times we want something but we don't get that that brings satisfaction dissatisfaction in our lives there are certain things we want to get into but you know at times we find it so difficult to get there that's the time you get soul satisfaction dissatisfaction I want to just give you a simple silly illustration that may help you this morning one dad at some point of time he came home with a gift bag in his hand 
And when he came home, when he reached home, you know, he really bought a beautiful toy for his daughter because that day was the daughter's birthday. And daughter came and she opened that bag and she looked at the toy and she hugged this dad, kissed him a couple of times and she ran out with the toy. She had a look at the toy and she came back to the dad and said, Dad, my friend has another toy. That looks much better than this. Why you didn't buy this toy? And I said, my daughter, this is enough for you. That's all I can buy you. You better be satisfied. You better be happy with this toy. And daughter went satisfied because dad bought this for me. And dad loves me. And putting all this together, dad's love and dad's, you know, care for me. And this beautiful toy, everything together, she was satisfied. That is just ordinary satisfaction. Now let me talk about what is soul satisfaction. Now another occasion, another scenario, another dad came home. On his daughter's birthday, the moment the dad was seen at the door, the dad girl ran and went, hugged her, kissed her, and just got onto him, and he hugged and kissed her. And daughter's eyes were on his hand. What dad has brought for my birthday? But dad's hands were empty. There was nothing found in dad's hands. And dad looked at her and this girl, little girl asked, dad, I thought you would buy a gift for me for my birthday. And dad looked at her and said, child, I don't have enough money. Unfortunately, this year, I'm unable to buy a gift for you. But next year, I will certainly buy. And the daughter started crying and she wiped away her tears and she looked at his da her dad and she went with a tear in her eyes she went and hugged him and kissed him and she went back and started playing with the existing toys that she had this is soul satisfaction one thing is when we have everything when everything is going on well when we have something the other thing is when we don't have anything, nothing at all. God, how do I move forward in this situation? What is next for me? I don't have any idea. I don't have any clue. That's the time you need this soul satisfaction. Soul satisfaction is a deeper satisfaction. That doesn't change. Listen to me. That doesn't change based on your situation, based on your surroundings, based on what people say, based on what we have or you don't have. That soul satisfaction needs to be there always. It's a sign of a child of God. And only God can give that soul satisfaction. Let's read again Isaiah 58, 11. We are reading from NIV. Let's find out what NIV says. Let's read together. The Lord will guide you always he will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame you will be like a well-watered garden like a spring whose waters never fail when nothing is there just only a sun-scorched sun burns everything everything that is trying to come up it is burned immediately in your life you experience that today everything that good thing is trying to come up and in the sun comes so hard so heavy on you and it burns it away it burns it away Where do we have that soul satisfaction? Psalm 107 verse 9. Can you read with me? For he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. You know, God repeatedly promising and he's sending out his promises over and over again. And he says, 
I will satisfy the longing soul. As long as you long for God, as long as you follow Christ, as long as you are hungry for God, and hunger and thirst will bring that soul satisfaction in your life. We will not have satisfaction when we think and worry about what we don't have. Listen to me. But we will have satisfaction when we are grateful for what we have. Can you say that again? We are not satisfied when we think about what we don't have. But we are satisfied when we are grateful for what we have already. Number three, prophet says he is our strong strength giver. He is our strength giver. New KJV says, and strengthen, he strengthens your bones. NIV says, he strengthens your frame. You know how the Bible, the Bible different translation put it together, puts it, put them together. It says, you know, one version says, he strengthens your bone and he strengthens your frame. I believe it's, it means the same thing. Bone strength is nothing but the inner strength. You know, we all have outer strength, you know, as we become aged or as we become sick, we lose the outer, what? Outer strength. You know, to feel like anything, doing anything, and after people have gone through COVID, and it's been severe on some, some of us, some of our family members, and they still struggle to come out of that effect of the COVID. People who have gone through you know, different scenarios in their life, different sickness, they struggle to come out. There is an outer strength, but there is something known as bone strength. The Word of God is talking about the inner strength. This is how I understood the scripture. I can just share that with you. Many times, when trials come on our way, our heart loses its strength. Many times when we do not know what is happening in our lives, our heart becomes weaker and heart becomes tired. When people say bad things about you, evil things about you, your heart really breaks. There are times your heart really breaks. You know, people take advantage because of your, of your status. People take advantage because you don't know to speak. You don't know to respond to them in a proper way. People take advantage over lives, our lives. And at times, after everything happens, when we are questioned multiple times in the same way, at the end of the day, you're totally, your heart is broken. Heart is broken. When people of our own blood and flesh come against us, we get shattered. We get shattered. When people of our own blood and our own flesh, they come and they rise against us. You know, we are living in a world, people rise against us, it doesn't matter who they are. You know, people come on our way all, all, you know, at times. When such thing happens, our heart is shattered. This is what I feel, unfortunately. Heart has no bones inside of it. Heart is filled with, full of muscles. Heart doesn't have bones inside. If probably there is a bone inside our heart, you know, our heart will not go through what it is going through today. And it will not lose its strength because there is a bone inside the heart. But those who love the Lord and those who trust in God, the Bible says God has given a bone inside your heart. Can you come with me to Psalm 73, verse 26? Psalm 73, verse 26. Can you read with me? My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart 
and my portion forever if you read this verse with an understanding this verse says my god is the strength of my heart you have a bone inside your heart and that is god himself and this morning my question is why do we get discouraged when we have a bone inside of our heart and that heart that bone is god himself and here in Isaiah 38, Isaiah chapter 36, 38, as we read, you know, we read here very clearly. Uh, he says, you know, prophet says, and he strengthens our bones. He strengthens our bones. This morning, I want you to understand that he is your strength. Do not lose heart. God is inside of you. And God is a frame. God is a bone inside of your heart. You don't need to give up. You don't need to get discouraged. God is our strength. Isaiah 40, 29. I can give many scriptures, but we are going to move on. Isaiah 40, 29. Can you read with me? He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases their strength. You know, God is a God who strengthens us. But we need to know how to come to him. We need to know how to come and wait upon him. We need to know how to come and wait upon God. God, my heart is weak. My heart is so fragile. It is so sensitive. It is so soft. I'm unable to handle. God will strengthen you. He'll put that bone inside of your heart and he'll make you strong. Let's put the next slide. Because God is our guide, because God is our satisfier, and because God is our strength, there are two things happening in our lives. We will flourish in our lives in two different ways how we will be like a watered well watered garden and a spring of water let's talk a little bit about well watered garden you know you all know a garden how many of you do gardening here can i see your hands yes oh okay only three Only three, okay, right. So, so we all know. You know our, our back in our lives, you know, sometimes we were done gardening, right? So you know what, 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 how, how it looks like. So when we water a garden, how it looks like? I want you. What is that? What is that? Beautiful. Okay, when we water a garden, awesome. It looks beautiful, right? So I want to take you along with me. You know, in my childhood days. We had a garden in the little bungalow where we stayed in the tea estates. We have all type of things. We have vegetables, trees, and all the different kinds of fruits, and all the flowers, and everything. In, in the front yard, you know, we have flowers and everything. So, uh, so every day evening, when I was so little, I remember this very well. Every day evening at 4 o'clock, me and my mom, they, we come out of the house. And the first thing that we do is, I do is, I look at the beautiful flower that comes at 4 o'clock. You know that what I'm talking about? No, you don't know? It comes only at 4 o'clock. You know that flower that blossoms only at 4 o'clock? No? Yes? A little bit? Okay. Right? So that, that 4 o'clock flower, it blossoms with different colors. Red, pink, orange, striped, this, that, and so many things. I usually go first there. There are many such plants over there. I just go maybe to collect the seed or to collect, you know, the flowers, you know, for whatever reason I used to go there. Then after all this is done, and we also go around and do each plant and see whether the plant, how that plant survived during the day, right? So we see all these things and enjoy. After the thing, you know, my mom, mom waters the garden. So after finishing watering, after finishing, you know, we get a pleasant earthly aroma after when we water the garden. Do you know 
what I'm talking about. You get a pleasant earthly aroma. It's, it's known as actually petrichor. So it's a pleasant earthly fragrance that arises when rain falls or when we water the garden. It is a mix of God, the soil as well as the sap from the tree or the plant, depending on water. You get a combination of a beautiful aroma when we water the garden. So it's so rejuvenating, that smell. You know, it, even, even right now as I speak, that smell is so fresh in my mind. We're talking about the watered garden. Bible says, you shall be like a well-watered garden. And a few minutes later after watering, we are tired and we sit in the front steps and we sit and watch. We see birds coming. As you said, it's, fly. it's beautiful now. We see birds coming and they come just for the reason they want to just wet their feathers, you know, just want to rub their feathers in the, in, on, the, in the, on the leaves, over the leaves, and so that they, you know, they get a little bit of wet, wetness in their feathers. And also we see butterflies coming, you know, thinking that, you know, okay, the, it's so fresh, right? So it's so fresh, so butterflies come over there. So God is saying that when you do that, when we allow God to guide us and to satisfy us and to strengthen us, you know, we become like a well-watered garden. We stay fresh. Not only we stay fresh, we attract people towards us. You know, well-watered garden attracts. Well-maintained garden attracts. You remember when God rescued, restored children of Israel from the bondage in Egypt as well as in Babylon. And even today, he promised a couple of things. I want to take you to the scripture slowly. It also talks about the eternal restoration that is going to happen in all of our lives. When we are done with this world, when we are done with the sorrow and the pain that we go through on the face of this earth, God is going to restore us in his presence, in his presence. Jeremiah 31, 12, can you read with me? It was prophetically spoken for children of Israel, and that is very well applicable for you and me. Can you read with me? Therefore, they shall come and sing in the height of Zion. For them it was a real Mount of Zion. For us, for you and me, it is a coming Zion, coming Mount of Zion, Zion, the place, dwelling place of God Almighty that we are all looking forward into as we move forward into the eternity. Can you come again? Therefore, they shall come and sing in the height of Zion, streaming to the goodness of the Lord for wheat and new wine and oil for the young of the flock and the herd their souls shall be like a well-watered garden and they shall sorrow no more at all well-watered garden is enough is more than sufficient to remove your sorrow this morning we are talking about the water let's move on further to the next one and he says isaiah says the spring of water you are like a well-watered garden and a spring of water whose waters do not fail when we are guided, when we are satisfied, when we are strengthened, we become like a well-watered garden and we also become like a spring of water. You know, Jesus, as I want to just take you to the conversation before we pray. Jesus was engaging himself into a conversation with the Samaritan woman. And she was sitting there, disciples have gone for her to buy uh, food and she just opened up a conversation and Samaritan women started sharing many things to Lord Jesus Christ. And as we move further down in John chapter 4, as the Samaritan women started telling, Jerusalem is the place where we are supposed to worship. That's where our forefathers. And in this mound, our forefathers, they used to come. All the Jews, you know, they used to go to this temple of God. And their conversation was continuing. 
And Jesus talked about the water that she can fetch from the well to give him. And Jesus was talking about the water that she can give that will never, so that she will never thirst again. As she asked a couple of questions, Jesus started answering in John chapter 4, 13 and 14, if you can come with me. We are talking about the spring of water now. Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will never thirst, sorry, will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Jesus was talking about something that can happen in anyone's life and that is a spring. It will continue to spring water and it will take us to the everlasting life. When you can move forward in the conversation, John 4, 23 and 24. As she said, you know, we need to supposed to worship in Jerusalem. We need to worship in this temple, that temple. Jesus, this is what Jesus said, but the hour is coming. Can you read with me? And now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. Verse 24, and he said, God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. You know, we are living in such a time as this. You know, we, that's the reason when we worship together, we are not just supposed to sing the songs. We are expected to worship in spirit. For you to worship in spirit, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, you don't know how to worship in spirit. Sometimes when I ask where worship is going on, everybody is filled with the worship and the worship leader leads all of us into worship. I see some of us just looking here and there just simply because you don't have a connection. Your spirit is not connected with the Holy Spirit. For that to happen, you need to have the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. You need to have the anointing of the Holy Spirit in your life. Jesus is telling, it's enough that you worship in different ways. But time is such as this now. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The spring of water refers to the Holy Spirit. Jesus takes us from the ordinary, guiding us in the everyday affairs of our life, satisfying us in the life that we are living on this earth, strengthening us when we become weak, and he takes us as a, makes us as a well-watered garden, and finally he leads us into the very fountain of the living water. Shall we all arise this morning?